0: Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com.
1: God is okay with us being honest and raw in all of the ways that that can look. And um, What we're going to do this morning is I've asked Justin to, um, to pray a psalm, and that's what he's doing right now. So he is, he's painting, he's creating, and I said, if you were to talk to God and you were to use your art to do that, what would that look like? And so this is what he's doing. And then um, uh, with Hoku, I asked her to share a song, and, and I told each of them, I don't want to know what you're doing, because when you pray, you don't always have to prep your prayer ahead of time, do you? When you're talking with someone, you don't always have to prep it up. You don't, you don't have to have your notes written out. And so I said, hey, Justin, whatever, whatever would be your expression to God, we're all just going to be watching in as you're praying. And same for Hoku. And and Hoku will share a little about the song that, um, that she wrote. And she wrote it prior to me even asking. But there is a a model for this. And Jesus is the model. And I'm going to share a little bit later, just a little bit about him. And we're going to show um, uh, a video coming up here. But I, one of the preps for this, one of, the, one of the inspirations for me in being honest with God and, and knowing that when we pray, we can be honest, was um, a man, um, and I shared this before, It's a, in a book, uh, Heaven is for Real. and it's, it's a real life story of a, a boy who um, died with an appendicitis and came back and the experience between the son revealing to his dad where he went because his dad didn't know about it. The son didn't tell him ahead of time. He was he was in a coma and his his dad went back to pray during this his dad's a pastor he also has a a business where he does blinds because in the midwest like you know it was a small little church and so he had to have a second job on the side so he was doing blinds I think it was blinds and he was he was putting up blinds and um, his son came down with appendicitis and they were in the hospital and and the the doctors pretty much said hey your son's this is not looking good so the, the dad went into the side room uh, in a small hospital in a small town. So he went into one of the rooms where only the patients are supposed to be, and he just walked in and um, he started screaming at God. You know, how dare? I, I, I don't even know all that he said, but he was furious with God, like f- really furious. Like, I give my life for, to serve you, and this is how you repay your pastors. Is this how it goes? And so I was going to share the whole story, but instead, Um, we're gonna show a little clip of it because I want you to know where we're heading today and this little clip um, that uh, Cameron's queuing up right now is the boy sharing when he had to come back because he was in heaven and and Jesus said okay it's time to go back and and it's him relaying the story to his dad and his dad remembering that prayer in that room that honesty in terms of talking to God so here's the little clip as we talked about heaven and he was telling me all these wonderful details I just felt like I had to ask him, did he want to come back? I knew that I
2: was leaving heaven because Jesus came to me and said, Colton, you need to go back. Even though I didn't want to go back, he said that he was answering my dad's prayer.
1: I remember that prayer. That irreverent, that disrespectful, screaming at God prayer. (laughs) I was like, he's answering that prayer?
3: Today, Colton is a healthy 11-year-old and shares
4: his heavenly journey with boldness.
2: I learned that heaven is for real, and you're going to like it.
1: I told you. I told you it was a small clip. So that's where we're headed, that honesty before God. And I wanted you to see the face of the dad as he remembers back. Not even, like, seriously, God, you heard that prayer? Like, have you had that prayer before? Have you had that F-bomb prayer and you know what I'm talking about, F-bomb, I don't know what that is. I'm in a church, I'm not supposed to know what that is. Yeah, you know. And, um, and I've had those prayers, and especially in these past two years, I've had those prayers. And it's not like, oh, God wants me to pray, he wants me to yell at him. No, there's, there's a gamut there, but there's that idea of being honest before God and knowing that he can handle it. Because that's the kind of relationship he wants with us, that honest relationship. Um, So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to uh, do the family business, and then we're going to get started. Father God, I ask that uh, you would open up our eyes in this place that we usually come to be entertained, to escape, um, distracted. Lord, may this, uh, this space be transformed, not just for us, but for the children, for the youth, Would you transform this uh, entertainment center into a holy place, a place where you are honored and where you um, have people that are coming to hear from you. So we surrender to you as best we know how. In the name of Jesus, amen. So the video, the the movie that I'm going to show you is a... um, is a discussion between two men about the Psalms. The Psalms in, in your Bibles. Um, did, I even, did I even pray for the offering? No. no, I better pray for the offering. It didn't even go around, did it? No, said, go <laughs> oh, later, later? We could? No? Sorry, Jer, Hoku said now. No. No. I said no, all right, then I'll, I'll let me pray for the offering. <laughs> Father, we ask that uh, this offering would be used um, for your purposes and your purposes alone. Uh, may you be honored, and uh, may the last, the lost, and the least see your light from it. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the Psalms, uh, the ushers after this are going to come back with Bibles, but in the Psalms, it is uh, a rolodex of people speaking to God. So when you look at the uh, the Bible, there's, the books have different purposes, and the purpose of the Psalms are people talking to God, people being honest with God. And that's why you'll see such a range of emotions because sometimes there's this joy and you just have this over, overflowing joy. There's a sense of security um, and you're thanking God for that security. And then there's times where you feel completely unsafe and you're wrapped in fear. And so your prayer of honesty is being afraid. And then there's times when you're just furious and upset with God, like, like uh, that pastor was sharing his experience. When you're like God, how is this possible? This isn't fair. And so, in the Psalms, there's this range, and that's what makes the Psalms so beautiful. So, when you don't know how to pray, or when you need help prayer, praying, you can look in the Psalms, and there it is. And um, there is a, a man named Eugene Peterson, and he wrote what well, translated the Bible into the book uh, The Message. He's written a lot of books. He's a, a mentor of mine, and. Um, he had someone that looked up to him as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. The guy's name is Bono. Um, Eugene Peterson had no idea who Bono was. And so they developed this friendship because Bono was so excited about the, the message because it was, it was the Bible written in his language, in the language that he speaks. And so this is um, them getting together. They've, they've known each other for a few years now. And it's their story, and it's them sitting at his uh, house in Montana, he used to not live in Montana, but he, he retired there at his family's cabin um, at uh, Flat Lake, I think it's called. And so it's them just talking about the Psalms together. And so this 20-minute this movie is their story together. And it's that idea of the Psalms, and especially for us this morning, what it means to be honest before God. it's them sharing over some cookies and, and coffee, and uh, that's probably my favorite part of the cookies. You'll see in a second, but it's that idea of them sharing honestly about the Psalms and about their relationship with God. so um, enjoy.
4: Mr. Peterson, uh, Eugene um my name is Bono, I'm the singer with uh, the group U2 and wanted to sort of video message you my thanks and our thanks and the band for this remarkable work you've done. There's been some great translations, some very literary translations, but no translation that I've read that um, speaks to me in my own language. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, take a rest now, won't you?
3: Bye. I'd never heard of Bono before. And then uh, one of my students um, showed up in class with a copy of the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones? And in it, there was an interview with Bono in which he talked about me and the message. And he used in some you know, slangy language about who I was. And uh, and I said, who's Bono? And they, they were dumbfounded. I'd never heard of Bono. <laughs> but that's not the circle that I really traveled in very much. So that's how I first heard about him. And then people started bringing me his music, and I listened to his music, and I thought, I like this guy. And I, I was starting to. After a while, I started was feeling start quite pleased that he knew me. <laughs>
2: yes, but the rest of the story is when he invited you to come and hang with them for a while, you turned him down.
3: I was, I was pushing a deadline on the message. Uh, I was finishing up the Old Testament at the time, and I really couldn't do it. I, I, uh,
2: You may be the only person alive <laughs> who would turn down the opportunity just to make a deadline. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's Bono, for crying out loud.
3: Dean, it was Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> the
4: Old Testament is a long long book, much longer than the New Testament. And it did take a long time and a lot of devotion
3: uh, on both of our parts to have that happen.
4: I have to say, in the last years, Eugene's writing has kept me a saying as, as this is, as if, if you call it a saying, which you probably won't, uh, Run with the Horses, that's a powerful manual for me. And it includes a lot of incendiary ideas, you know, I, I hadn't really thought of, of Jeremiah as a performance artist. Why do we need art? Why do we need the lyric poetry of the Psalms? Why do we know? Because the only way we can approach God is if we're honest, through metaphor, through symbol. So art becomes essential, not decorative. I learned about art. I learned about the prophets. Uh, I learned about Jeremiah with that book, and that really changed me.
3: And then... uh... Several years later, this was about four years ago, four or five years ago, Bono would like us to come to Dallas. To my Jan and me to come to Dallas and for a concert. We saw. We went to the concert. He was very um, sensitive to us. was we were really well cared for. Had really good seats, and uh, I'd never seen a mash pit before. That was my introduction to the mash pit. Is it a pit? It's a mosh pit. Mosh pit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You can see how uneducated I am in this world. And we had a, it was a three-hour lunch. And uh, we just had a lovely conversation. Uh, It was just very personal, relational. He didn't put me on any kind of a pedestal, and I didn't him. So we were very natural with each other. But I was just, uh, through that three-hour conversation, I was just really taken by the simplicity of his life, of, his, of who he was, who he is. And uh, there was no um, pretension to him. And uh, so I, at that point, I just, you know, felt like it was, he was a companion in the faith. And he, he sings a lot, I mean, he does this a lot. It's one of the Psalms that reaches into the hurt and disappointment and uh, difficulty of being a human being. And uh, acknowledges that in, in a language that is immediately um, recognizable. You know, there's something that reaches into the heart of a person and the stuff we all feel, but many of us don't talk about. I waited,
4: and waited, and waited for God. At last, he looked, finally he listened, and he lift me out of the ditch. He pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure that I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song.
2: We're at Eugene and Jan Peterson's home. Bono is coming here, flying here from Vancouver in order to meet, be together, connect as friends, but also have a conversation about the Psalms in order to share this common love for the Psalm and bear witness to others of the beauty and power of the Psalms.
3: Cookies are just about good.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: look at this.
3: It's yeah. so good to have you here. Great to see you. Oh, God
4: bless you. Well, God's blessed you, that's for <laughs> sure. <That's> look <laughs> where you live. <laughs> Quite a spot, you know. I just realized, never been to Montana,
3: haven't you really?
4: So many gifts already, <laughs> just 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 since being here.
3: And welcome to the Flathead. That's what I always like to say to people when they come.
2: What is your earliest memory of the psalms and what sort of impression did it have on you both
3: i was 12 years old when i discovered the psalms i picked up the bible and i started reading and somebody told me that the psalms were important so i started with the psalms and i was totally confused Um, because i grew up in a culture where every word in the bible was the word of god literally don't mess around with it it's just that's the way it is and I was starting to read uh, that he keeps my tears in this bottle uh, shields uh, javelins uh, rock God is a rock come on and um, after about two or three weeks of this I just was just confused and I thought I'm missing something and uh I'd never heard the word metaphor before, but I learned what a metaphor was, not by knowing the name, but by just observing what's going on in the Psalms. So I think the Psalms are important because they, for some people like me at 12 years old, they showed me that imagination was was a way to get inside the truth.
4: I remember the Psalms from the little Church of Ireland church um, um so I'm, it's a child going. I remember thinking great words, shame about the tunes. Uh, except for The Lord is my shepherd, which was a great tune, and I really like that. This is good. Words and melodies. Ah they have this rawness, the brutal honesty of whether it's David or not, it doesn't matter. The psalmist is brutally honest about the explosive joy um, that he's feeling, and the deep sorrow or confusion, and it's that that makes that sets the psalms apart from me. and And I often think, gosh, well, why isn't church music more like that? The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not one. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters
2: by. Is that right? It's beautiful. It was right.
4: Oh boy, this is magic! Wow, How, when did you get the place? When did you get this place?
3: Oh, it's been in the family. My father bought brought the bought the property just towards the end of the Second World War, 1945-46. So then we expanded, we doubled the size of this because oh. we knew we'd, we'd have a lot of guests. We knew we'd have you.
4: <laughs> Foolishly made room for
3: the Irish. <laughs> I got started uh, with uh, translating the psalms by translating a psalm for a certain person, just a single person, um, to try to get them to realize that praying wasn't being nice before God. I would translate a psalm that I thought fit them. And you know the psalms are not pretty. They're not. They're not nice. And um, and I would ask them just pray this psalm, using my translation. I think I'm doing it as about as close to the Hebrew as I can get it. And but it's it's not smooth. It's not nice. It's not pretty. But it's it's honest. And I think we're trying for honesty. Um, which is very, very hard in our in our culture.
4: I, I'm talking about dishonesty, that I find a lot of in the, in, in Christian art. A lot of dishonesty. Yeah. Right. And I and I, and I, and I think it's a shame because you got these are people who are vulnerable to God, in a good way. You know, vulnerable. I mean, porous, open. I I would love if 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 this conversation would inspire. People who are writing these beautiful voices and writing these beautiful, say gospel songs, write a song about their bad marriage. Okay. Write a song about about how they're, you know, pissed off at the government, because that's what God wants from you, that truth, the way the truth, and and that truthfulness. Know the truth. The truth will set you free. It'll blow things apart. Why I, I'm suspicious of Christians, is because. Uh, of this lack of of realism, and I'd love to see more of that in art, and in life, and in music.
2: The psalms have an honest quality to the the feeling that is expressed. The psalmist's is saying, I'm mad about this, I'm happy about that, I'm confused about this, I'm despairing about that. What is the work of the artist, in the making of the work, to acknowledge the intensity, the reality of the feeling, without indulging the feeling?
4: self indulgence
2: Moi? (laughs) (laughs) You know,
4: uh, I'm an opera singer. And so I let those feelings go through me and come out having feelings is perfectly normal and and let them out why do i like the sams david i like david very much why? he danced naked in front of the troops that's one reason i like him <laughs> and his missus was not at all happy you know it's it's this abandonment you know that, that you've got to it's got to get it out it's important and dancing very important and understanding our, our bodies, as well as our minds and our spirits. And the three-person God, the Trinity, is reflected in our, our body, mind, spirit. And we have to, we ignore, we really do ignore
2: this. What do we do with violence? violence in our own hearts, the sense of wanting to do violence and the violence in the world? That's a hard question.
3: We need to find a way to cuss without cussing. And the imprecatory psalms surely do that. They just lay it out. And uh, I just, I think they're really important. If we've got to have some Way in context, and the context is the whole Bible and the whole Psalter. Some way in context to tell people how um, how mad we are.
4: Uh, one of Eugene's uh, translations, uh,
3: thirty-five.
4: Punch the nose, punch the. Nose. Is that thirty-five? It's fantastic. And uh, punch the nose of the bullies, God. Um, but I love the idea of you've got to cuss, find a way of cussing without cussing. And you have to give vent to that. I like that. that. That's going to stay with
2: me. Do you have songs that have given some kind of expression, narrative, poetic, to violence? To this yes. violence in us, violence in the world?
4: Yes. And it's called Raised by Wolves, the song. And I t- try to make it real. Try to bring people to that place because it must have had an effect on me and I want to understand violence. Um, a bombing that I missed in Dublin myself, um, three car bombs, time to go off at 5.30 on a Friday night in 1974, any other time I would have been on the street where the bomb went off, because I used to travel through the city center from going get two buses home from school. And But there was a bus strike that day and I took a bicycle. And I have no problem with the Old Testament. I don't see God as a violent God, but I think the world is a violent place, and it does reflect that. And and it's a terrifying thing some some of the Old Testament, but 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 it is real. And in a way, I kind of prefer it to the airy fairy stuff where we don't get you know we don't where where we don't get real.
2: Is there a way to read the Psalms through Jesus' eyes that helps us understand violence or nonviolence?
3: Well, yeah, the crucifixion. Where there's violence, there's got to be some kind of response. And is it more violence or less? I'm glad we have crosses in every room in this house, but when I look at those, I think, I don't think of decoration. I think, of this is the world we live in and it's a world with a lot of crosses and i just would like to spend my life um, doing something about that through scripture through preaching through friendship uh, and now my you know my ears are ears are getting shorter and i uh, don't have nearly as many left but i i don't want to escape the escape the violence with us as we continue our lives of serving you with poetry with the arts with song finding ways to enter into what you're already doing not calculating the chances i doing what's right there what you've already started doing so thank you for this day the hours of this day your blessing lord lord give us your blessing amen
5: Together. All right, We're see together. you guys. Okay. Okay. bye. Don't run. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's very> <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> Hi. Um,
6: so basically, um Boog asked me to um, do a song and he told me a little bit about what um, his aim was for the Sunday and it was really funny because the second he started saying hey so I got this thing next Sunday I was wondering if he could I knew he was going to ask me to do a song because God had just dropped another song in my lap like like literally a few days before um so I was like yeah sure I'll do the song you know (laughs) um but it was funny because um you know usually when I finish a song I'll bring it to Jer and I'll show it to him you know and get his opinion and he'll help me tweak it and stuff so I showed him the song and he goes he goes well it's just, it's great, I love it, it's just, it's kind of sad, like it doesn't resolve, like nothing, you know, and I was like, well that's, that's kind of the point, you know? Like I didn't, it, even as I was writing it, I was feeling like, you know, this isn't, I didn't want it to be wrapped up in a nice little bow because I don't, I didn't feel like the story that I was telling through the song, that that would be how it would actually work in real life. So we had a conversation about that, and then it was pretty funny that that happened to be exactly what this week was about. So um, this song, um, I just finished it. Uh, So I think it's called Oasis. Oasis. Um, There's a desert metaphor going on. (laughs) I tend to mumble, so I hope I enunciate enough for you to hear what I'm singing. But um, okay. Okay. How
0: will I know when I found the-
1: Thank you. When um, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked his friends to come and join him. He asked a couple of them with him to, to wander away with him while he went to pray. And prayer is just talking with God, and so that's what he did. He went over there and he talked to God. And he was honest. And he said, Abba, Father, which means he he talked to God as his dad. Daddy, that's what Abba means. Daddy, if you can take this cup from me, please do it. Which means if there's any other way than me going to the cross, if there's any other way than me being separated from you, please do it. So when you ask God, like, I'd really rather not go through this, or I'd really like this. There's nothing wrong with it. He invites us into that. And Jesus, as he's praying, that says he's got these guys with him. There's a guy there that was there way back when John the Baptist said, look, there's the Lamb of God. That's the guy you need to be following. And so they went behind Jesus, and they're walking behind him. And Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want? And they said, well, where are you living? And Jesus said to Andrew, come and see. And as we've talked about weeks ago, how should you live life? What does that look like? That's the real question. Like, you're a teacher. Where do you live? What does life look like? Come and see. And so now we go all the way here to this Garden of Gethsemane. And Andrew's there as Jesus is talking with God honestly. And he has the opportunity to see how to talk to God. And Jesus models to him to be honest. Hey, if there's any way to go around this, I'd really like that. Do you ever think about that? How honest Jesus is being? And here's the crazy thing. His father doesn't give him what he asked for. Isn't that crazy? But Jesus also, as he prays that, says, you know what? If there's any other way, let's do it. But not my will, yours be done. There's honesty, but there's also honesty in the relationship. Father, you're in charge. And if there is no other way, I will go through what you want me to go through. There's honesty both ways. And God is honest back with him. No, this is the way it has to be. This is the only way. The only way for us, those gathered in theater number three, to be set free is by what Jesus did. And then Jesus goes to the cross, and as he's up on the cross, he screams out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Talk about being honest. God, where are you? But anyone that's there, that knows the word of God, knows that that's not just some random statement he threw out. That is from Psalm 22. And in Psalm 22, verse 1, it says, my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? And then as it goes through that psalm, it is is a prayer, but it's also a prediction. It's a prophecy. Because it says that the man that's praying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That his hands and his feet would be pierced. Read the entire psalm, all of Psalm 22, the honesty of it. This is what's going to happen. The Messiah is going to come. He's going to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it's going to say that his hands and his feet are pierced. And in that psalm, it's also going to say that people are around him, mocking him. And it also says in that psalm that they would cast lots for his clothes. And all of that came to be. God was honest with us. And he gives us the freedom to be honest back with him. And we need to take advantage of that. We need to take advantage of this freedom. And so often we talk about prayer and we teach about prayer, but we don't actually pray. We need to pray. We need to talk with God out loud. And there's not a certain way to do it. You can have church in a theater. You can have a guy in the middle scraping, doing art at church. You can have someone share a prayer through music that doesn't end on a happy note. But all of this, all is going to be wrapped up in beauty. And although Jesus said, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there was that moment where because he took on our sins to set us free, that God had to separate from him. Talk about the ultimate price. It wasn't becoming a human. It wasn't even dying on the cross. It was separation from his father. But he's next to his father right now. And so will we because we've been given that gift. And so as you have these days that you have left, and I'm telling you as a person that came very close to dying, that you do not have tomorrow guaranteed for you. And so you have a gift today. Today is a gift that you have to live. And live it honestly. Live it close to Him. Take advantage of this opportunity it was so beautiful to have everything stripped away and realize what really matters. And to have this freedom with God and this freedom with each other. Today is the opening of football. I know you're wondering, where we, what, what, what are we doing? What, how does that connect? It's like this built-in part of our culture where if you don't like football, you at least get to go and hang out with other people. It's like this built-in like little celebration time. I honestly don't even care that much about football anymore. One, because my team sucks. And two, because it just doesn't matter that much anymore. But there's that beauty of us spending time with each other. These moments that, that God has put into us where we have excuses to spend with each other. Thanksgiving and Christmas and the Super Bowl. I know you're like, Super Bowl, how's that connected? And we've got like July 4th. And we have all these moments that we create because within us we want to be with each other. And within those moments we can be honest with each other and just be with each other. We can be honest with moments saying, you know what, I just need to not be around you right now. I need to be alone. Thanks for the invite. But we need to take advantage of those moments. Because we don't know how much time we have left. And with the time that we have left, be honest. There's so much beauty surrounding us. There's going to be pain as well. But it's all going to wrap up into a glorious, beautiful moment. And we get the gamut of all those experiences in between. And be honest with God. If you haven't prayed today, pray. You can pray in your car, but pray out loud. And, and don't pray in that voice. You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the dishonest voice? Oh, God, I'm monotone because I'm supposed to pray. Be honest. If that's how you talk, sorry, be honest. That's how you talk. <laughs> but be yourself. So I've invited um, Justin. He's sweating up here because this is not your typical art. Um, so you can use this mic right here if you want. And uh, as we talked about, I said, Justin, would you share your art? And it's a big deal for an artist to share. Because, um, especially a visual artist, because uh, they don't want to present it until they're finished. And even when they're finished, they feel like they're not finished. And so I said, Justin, would you share? He said, ah, I haven't been doing my art for a while. And, you know, I, I, and there's that sense when you finish it, then you put it in a gallery. And everyone gets to see it finished. But like a prayer, it's never really finished, is it? And you don't get to, like, polish it up. It's just the raw honesty. And so when I shared that with Justin, he's like, oh, I can do that. So I asked Justin right now if he could just share what, what does this mean? What is this, what's the expression for him in terms of this prayer?
5: Um, yeah, well, I am a perfectionist, and this thing, uh, I don't really like it. But anyway, um, this thing will definitely get covered up. Um, basically what I was going for, um, or what I was doing as far as expression goes, um, or what I try to do is kind of show... I guess, uh, humanity as it is, Um, um, you know, we're talking about being honest with God, um, in the psalms, um, the psalm that they said in the movie, Psalm 40, 1-3, has definitely played a a huge part in my life. Um, It's it's a psalm that I've came across in some pretty dark times, um, and it really, I guess I was just kind of grappled by the power of God. Um, literally um, shaking when I read that and really felt the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit on me um, in tough times and so that psalm really um, really sticks to my heart um, and I guess through my art, um, even though I don't like this, it's good enough to be able to present to you what I try to go for and that is um, kind of I guess the truth and what humanity is. You have um, beauty, you have um, you know, friends, family, people that help each other out. Um, today is 9-11 as we know. Um, we, we talked about it yesterday and uh, I went to a mass um, for my wife's uh, aunt's 50th uh, anniversary and he talked about the first responders and you have this hope and this upwelling of people who will run into a burning building for you even though they don't know you. Um, and they'll save you and sacrifice their lives for you. Um, And on the flip side, you'll have people that will hijack a plane and smash into a building and blow it up and kill you, Um, all in the name of religion or whatever their their ideology or ideas are. Um, So I guess my prayer, my honesty to God is... It's just how do we have both of these, you know? Um, on one hand, you're, you're, you're stoked on the one side. On the other hand, you hate the other side. And um, so I guess in my art, I try to show kind of both sides um, to that, to what humanity and civilization is, society, who we are. Um, and I'm very thankful for my life, very thankful for where I live, um, that I have a job, and that I have family and friends that I love, and a wife that I love. Um, and so I praise God and I thank God and I've learned over time um, to transform the other side from getting frustrated at people and getting frustrated at sin and you know, yelling at God and being like, why are these people like this? Why, you know, you driving on the freeway, someone cuts you off. Happens all the time. Um, coworkers, you know, can't stand them sometimes. Um, I've learned to, and it says in the Bible, you know, the two greatest commandments are love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor. And the Bible teaches. You know, don't hate the person, hate the sin, hate the evil. Um, and so I've been trying to, um, trying to do that. Not, you know, be frustrated with God that there is sin, that we did fall. And that we're not perfect. I Like I said, when I started out, I'm a perfectionist. So I like perfection. And um, when it doesn't happen, I get frustrated. Um, I was frustrated up here when I was doing this painting. I was like, ah, oh, this thing didn't turn out how I wanted it to. Um, but that's okay. And... uh just stoked to share with you guys, and uh, maybe, maybe another time I'll make a better painting that I will like. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Thank you.
1: So I'm going to pray for us. I want you to pray with a posture that is honest. Some of you may want to stand. Some of you may want to get on your knees. Some of you may want to lay down. Um, but uh, get in that posture that is honest for you right now as I pray for us. Father. Thank you for the freedom you've given us. I ask that you would set us free, set us free to be who you made us to be, that you would open our eyes to areas that need to be laid honestly before you, that you would set us free to be the fullness of who you created us to be, and that our fear would not get in the way of us being honest with how great you have made us. And Father, you have made us uh, to love, to be a light in this world, And the truth of that is that it scares us to death. It scares us to death how great you have made us. You've made us just below the angels and yet you honor us above them, which blows my mind. So Father, set us free as your people. Set us free to bring that light in the days that we have left to share your reckless love and to set others free. We ask this in the holy and precious name of Jesus, amen.